everybody, what's up? Welcome to the Commit First podcast, where we help entrepreneurial fathers focus on their personal growth, financial freedom, and building a legacy they can be proud of. Now, today on the show, we have Dr. Anthony Balduzzi. Dr. Anthony Balduzzi is a health and weight loss expert and the founder of the Fit Father Project and also the Fit Mother Project. He's helping uh, basically leading health and weight loss programs for busy men and women over 40 years old. Uh, Dr. Balduzzi holds dual degrees in nutrition and neuroscience from the University of Pennsylvania, a doctorate in neuropathic medicine, and also a former national champion bodybuilder. Dr. Balduzzi is the most proud of the fact that he's helped over 40,000 families in over 100 countries lose weight and get healthy through the Fit Father and Fit Mother programs. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. And today, uh, like you uh, already know from the intro, we have Dr. Anthony Balduzzi. Dude, how are you, man? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. I think this is going to be an amazing conversation. I can just kind of feel it. Definitely, definitely. And and I just got to say, like, before we even start, like, because the intro is like, you're, you're helping mostly like in the Fit Father and Fit Mother program. You guys are helping like people over 40 years old. Um, yeah. And I know there's not a lot of 40s and up in the audience. Um, I am 38. Um, and, and so I guess it just comes with the, like me being kind of on my stage. So people, I guess, younger than me, follow me more than people that are older. I don't know how it goes. But anyways, uh, through my audience, like, I just want to make sure, like reassure everyone here. This is not going to be a topic about how can you like be more fit when you're over 40, but this is de- definitely um, something that we're going to talk about is like, how can you get to 40 and up um, and, and 50 with like not only being physically fit, but also being mentally fit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's a topic that uh, Dr. Anthony Balduzzi is very passionate about. Now um, to anybody who's listening and not watching the video, uh, Dude, you're, you're, you're young. Like you're, um, you're, you're young. And, and so you're helping like older people, but you are yourself. Like you're 33 years old. Um, My massive, 30s, yes. yeah. And massively successful. Um, and, um, and now also expecting to become father yourself, which is amazing. Um, so congrats. Thank you. And, um, and yeah, so, so without like, again, we're saying like both of us are in our, in our thirties and kind of like looking to, in that place where our bodies are, you know, on one hand are not that young bodies, but on one hand, you know, but on the other hand, um, we are still kind of young, um, but we also have a lot of pressure in these years. Like the thirties are years of pressure. Um, and, um, how do you, how do you go about that? What's your take on that? Totally. Let's get into that. And I think before I do, I'd love to say a few things kind of to plus on what you just shared. One, I'm in my thirties and I've been, an entrepreneur for over a decade now. So I started in my young 20s. And the reason I help people over 40 is really related to my personal story. And that's just growing up, I watched my own dad get sick. He lost his health as he was working to provide for the family. And he passed away when he was 42. Mm, oh my God. I was just nine at the Sorry. time. So yeah. that, that really shaped my, yeah. my whole life and, and my perspective. And I, I got to learn from a very young age that these bodies need to be taken care of, especially when we're busy. And that I had a feeling that there were some systems and stuff my dad could have done to have been around. So that's why I got passionate about helping people at that midpoint of life in the forties. Cause let's face it, what happens 
is a lot of people bust their butt in their 30s and into their 40s and they get into the mid 40s and 50s and they're in bad shape. Yeah. That's when you're on a couple of prescription medications, high blood pressure, cholesterol, stress, and it starts to stack on. So yeah. what I'm excited about this conversation is perhaps we can lay down some framework for how you can prevent that, how you can establish the right routines and rhythms in your 30s to be high performance and also to be very healthy. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why I'm really excited to talk to this particular audience because, you know, I'm talking to people like my age. People listening yeah. are probably around their 30s too. So yeah. let's get into it. You know, I, I think the first thing that's very important to understand is you need to get the mindset right about health. I think when you're young and you're, you have a body that's resilient, you can develop certain habits because, you know, you're, you can stay up really late and not have a good sleep circadian rhythm. You can eat the wrong kinds of foods. You might not be exercising as much. Your body's very resilient to stress. What happens though, as we age is we lose that resiliency. So the habits we form in our thirties end up creating bad fruits in our forties. And we start to experience symptoms and effects. And I know in my own body, like I feel that like, and you may too, Saji, like my body feels older. My joints feel like they don't feel like they did when I was bodybuilding in my twenties. So these signs are something that we need to take seriously and make health a priority now. Um, and the reason I, I think this is important is because ultimately these bodies are what we carry with us through all of our experiences. No matter what we do with business or with family, the body is here. We are embodied as human beings. Mm-hmm. And the quality of our energy and our thinking is directly proportional to how well this body runs, how stable is your blood sugar, how balanced are your neurotransmitters, how lean is your body, how confident does that body make you feel, how well do you move? Yeah. So if there's like an entrepreneurial I guess, hack, if you will, it's like, if you can get your fitness right and get into a high level of, of vibrant health, where you feel good every morning, you're waking up energized and, and you feel resilient, everything else improves in your life. So it's a force multiplier. Right. right. And I go ahead. No, I'm saying I also like, you know, it's, it's, it's getting it fit through like exercise and, and diet, right? Like, mm-hmm. because sometimes you can eat the wrong food, you might be doing exercises, but if you eat the wrong food, you're, you can get into depression easily. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. And I, it comes down to a fully integrated system, a system that integrates, I think, four areas I'd like to talk about is hydration, sleep, movement, nutrition. These four areas, entrepreneurs need to develop systems in these areas so it becomes automatic because the obstacles to health and fitness for busy people are not that we don't know what's healthy or know what to do. We all know we should exercise. We all know that the salmon is better than ordering pizza, but it's a matter of behaviors and systems. So I want to get into that. But first, I want to talk about what I think is like a mindset trap that a lot of entrepreneurs fall into. And that's the idea. I like to pick, I like you to picture like a Venn diagram. And on one circle, there is all the things that you're passionate about building with your life and your family, your responsibilities, your goals. And a lot of people compartmentalize their health into a separate circle. They yeah. think it's like their health is like the time that they may have left over to exercise <laughs> or the nutrition yeah. if they get into it. Um, yeah. And it's a logical fallacy. As we talked about, we're embodied. So the first mindset that's essential to establish is you collapse those two things into itself and you're really only playing one game. And that game is your overall life performance and the body must be integrated into that. Yeah. If you continue to compartmentalize things, the natural mindset and the thoughts that come out of that is, oh, I just don't have the time to blank, mm-hmm. exercise, eat healthy meal prep, that, that thought, if it arises is, is, is based on a mindset that you believe these things are separate from your overall life and performance routine. So I want to collapse that in this conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think the way to do that is maybe to look at what I believe is like an optimal day in the life of an entrepreneur. Like, what do you do when you wake up and go to bed? Like, what does your time rhythm look like? 
mm-hmm. for performance. Does that sound like a good place to take this to get it practical? Yeah. And I just want to mention like a couple of things just to also lay the ground, like where I come from. Um, so um, one, I experienced the collapse of my digestive system when I was 28. Um, when I was working hard and studying at design school and design school is very, very intensive, meaning like we had to hand in a couple of projects every day. I did not sleep at night. So I had a lot of like sleepless nights, you know, just night shifts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also worked through the days and handed in the assignments and everything like that. So I got burnt out. Um, nobody knew what I had. I went to this expert, you know, done all these tests, eventually said like, listen, like you're probably under a lot of stress. So it's like, you know, this is what's bringing to this and you're not working out enough. You don't like, you don't have the time. So like you need to start taking care of yourself or, you know, this will become something really bad. So I did. And, you know, obviously I took care of my sleep, my exercise better and like everything like that. I kind of got that lesson early, but I still didn't really get it until like recent years when I became an entrepreneur with all the stress and have to manage everything. Um, And so, yeah, this, this year was for me one of the biggest tests ever because at the beginning of the year, I had a big, big uh, stressor at business. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I want to get into the details uh, right now, but basically like really stressful period of a couple months where um, things were stressing, like things that nobody, not a lot of entrepreneurs even get to see or get to experience. Um, and, um, and I said, okay, I, you know, this is it. Like everything I've done until now, meditation, working out, like I got to double down on that to just mm. stay healthy because if I don't, I'm going to get sick by the end of these, of this period. And I also knew it's, it's time. Now. I knew the spirit would end. I already know, like, you know, the spiritual journey of entrepreneurship, you know, things mm. come, things go. So I bared through it. But at the end, I looked at my calendar and I said, well, exactly like you're saying, I, I looked at my calendar. I'm saying, I see the time in my business meetings and everything like that. It's in my calendar. I see the time with my family. I actually have that in my calendar as well. Even the in-between stuff with my Mm -hmm. kids. But then like I tell myself that I value health and wellness the most. And that's not on my freaking calendar. (laughs) It's just not on my calendar. It's just nothing. It's like I, and, and, and how, how, how much am I in integrity when I say that my highest value is my health and wellness and, you know, over family and business. Like, which is a great realization, but if it's not in my calendar, it's not in my life. And so I booked out since then, nine to 12 every day, uh, 9 a.m. to 12 noon, I'm not working. I'm either working out, meditating, doing something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So so that's where I'm coming from, like where I kind of fixed it. But now I have another issue where I'm actually, I want to meditate every day, but I'm not getting to that. And what you're saying, like, I'm, I'm saying, I just, I don't have time. Every time it's like, I don't have time today. Like I'm not going to meditate. So that's not something I'm kind of like falling short on in my life at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, sometimes the exercises too, but I, I guess like, I guess, again, what you're saying is so important. And I would, uh, so I'm coming from a place of, I want to learn more. Like, definitely teach me more. And, and I get a lot, I guess a lot of people here, it's very relevant to them. So. Okay. So let's talk about a couple things from that. Um, I think it's important to understand the hierarchy of importance of things as it relates to your health, because if you are feeling like you're strapped on time, where do you allocate that time? And this is my personal opinion. The, the first most important area for entrepreneurs to, to double down on is maintaining a healthy circadian rhythm 
which means sleep, but it also means your morning wake-up ritual, your circadian rhythm. And the reason this is important, it's more important than exercise. I'd much rather have entrepreneurs like double down on improving this area of your life versus feeling like you have to spend more time adding um, exercise, which is a stress on the body, a good stress, but a stress nonetheless. You got to look over the overall stress of the system. Sleep is so powerful for us. I mean, it creates this whole whole neurochemical cascade of feel-good hormones the next day. It controls your hunger and appetite. It affects metabolic right. hormones. When you miss sleep, your cortisol is high the next day, which makes you feel not quite as good. Um, your body becomes insulin resistant and it doesn't process blood sugars, right? So when you eat your lunch, that it all gets jacked up. Uh, so I like yeah, to look at things yeah. like as most upstream as possible. If you can fix like the things most upstream or at least start to invest in that, then you get like a downstream effect. And sleep, yeah. hap- sleep and circadian rhythm happen happens to be like the most upstream thing for entrepreneurs. So what does this practically mean? Well, I think it means that you need to develop some discipline around the way you bookend your day, your morning and evening routine. There has to be some kind of uh, shutoff time at the night. And that's not to say that you won't occasionally consciously break that for a period of time where things get really intense and you have to pull late nights, but you have to have the structure first to be able to consciously break it. And then it's Mm -hmm. like permissible versus not having good, clear boundaries at night. So simple things, right? Set a bedtime and try to stick to it as best as you can. Um, Ideally, you know, you get off the computer and the screens a little bit at night. We've heard so many, so many people talk about the blue light and the screens and how it affects our melatonin. All of that's true. And I'm a guy who works late on the computer too, but simple things that if someone does not have some of these screen dimming softwares on their computers and phones, you need to like things like Flux or Iris. These are softwares or on the iPhone, you have like night shift mode, stuff that's taking some of that blue light out. Like if that's not on your life right now, like just install that and it'll be a system that helps run. Like Flux and Iris. And, um, and by the way, like I know, I know that on the Mac, one thing that I, uh, defined is like also kind of like night mode on the Mac that yes. also has a thing, right? It's, it works. Yes. So you yeah. want to cut out, you, you basically want to keep your, your exposure to light as natural as possible to the rising and falling of the sun. Yeah. The fact is, even though we are technologically advanced in today's day and age, these bodies are still ancient machines that co-evolved yeah. with nature. And right. we dynamically like sense light through our eyes. The eyes connect yeah. directly to the brain. It's effectively the eyes are an extension of the brain. And when we All sense right. light, it goes and impacts the brain and causes a whole release of different neurotransmitters. So another thing that's important is if you can get up in the morning, even if you're on the calls or taking meetings and get some sunshine on your skin and in your eyes, mm-hmm. very, very important because when you get yeah. sun in your eyes, this is what the research actually shows is one, it smooths out the natural morning cortisol spike. So cortisol spikes in the morning for everyone. This is natural and we want this. It actually energizes us, but you don't want cortisol then take off like a rocket and you have a stressful day. Yeah. It turns out that morning sunlight actually smooths out that morning cortisol rhythm. So getting a little sun in your eyes yeah. and on your skin, vitamin D. Vitamin D is this is this vitamin that's really more like a master hormone that controls so many things, immune system, gut health, bone health, like, and we need as much vitamin D as possible. And most yeah. people are low and stress burns through vitamin D. So the most, the best form mm-hmm. you can get outside of supplementing is natural sun on your skin. So I, yeah. I want to start the conversation with light. So my personal routine, I will get up, um, I'll drink some water and rehydrate immediately because the what first time, thing the way? bodies need water. No, no, what time do you wake up? Well, I think it's pretty variable. Like this morning I was up at 5.30, but I'd say anywhere from 5.30 to 6.30, 6.15. Okay. And I'm not like 
there are some people that are up on the, like my wife is up at like 4.15 every morning on the wow. dot. She One, she's a morning person and she goes to bed early, but two, she's also very regimented. She gets up at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think it's really good to have like a waking window with a little bit of play. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say that like, in maybe 30 minutes to an hour of play. So 5.30 to let's just say six is my window when I'm typically up. Yeah. Um, and I think this actually changes a little bit seasonally too. Mm-hmm. When, because I think it's, I, I like to wake up at a time where I can do about an hour, hour and a half of some stuff, like walking, reading, meditating, and drinking a little water. Um, and then the sun rises around that time. So when it's winter time, oftentimes I'm getting up a little more around 6, 6.15 because the sun comes out a little later. In the summer, I might even be up as early as 5. But I, I think the key thing is not necessarily that there is a right time to wake up. It's just that every person develops their unique rhythm because I guarantee there are people listening to this that are like, my whole life I've been more of a night owl. I like to stay up until midnight one working and I like to get up at like nine o'clock. And I'm not going to say that's bad by any means. It just, you need to maintain this this healthy rhythm and use light strategically at both yeah. bookends to reinforce your rhythm. So you get up in the morning, you get the morning sun. And at yeah. night, even if you work late on the computer, I'd say after the sun goes down, you should have those those screen dimming softwares yeah. in there. Wait, so so just to kind of like stop here for a couple of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so one, you mentioned um, circadian rhythms like some people are night owls, but there is a catch to it because yes. creative people, and there's a lot of creative people listening to the show because of you know my nature being a creative. So um, we creatives, we tend to, or I think it's, it's there was like tests. Let me know if it's true, like that humans are more creative at night. Mm-hmm. Um, so it also makes sense after emails and everything shuts yeah. down, you got some yes. time, right? So a lot of people are saying they're night owls, but they're not, their bodies are again, ancient, ancient, yes. and they, they, they're not really night owls. They just like mm-hmm. to be the creative at night. Mm-hmm. How do you see that? Well, I see that as absolutely true. I mean, I, I think it's like, we look at the brainwave states, like when you're in a more creative state, the, the, the brain is in a different brainwave state. So when we're very active, if we're talking or we're answering emails, the brain might be in um, like a beta wave state, which is, you know, it's, it's like higher frequency, uh, yeah. it, it's energy, but you're not thinking deeply and you're not as much as this creative space. And as yeah. as we get into meditation or as we, you know, go alpha. deeper into creative work, we go to alpha and then we go into these deeper brainwave states yeah. even past that. So I think it's more about creating the space versus the time. I think it's about creating the, the space through which you really feel like you can take that mental baggage and that activity and like, and like set that stuff down for yeah. some people, they can get into the routine of doing it in the morning. Sounds like you have some like ritual blocked out time where I imagine you could be a little more creative, but that's not to say that you can't have creative time at night. But I would say, I believe there is a cost to your health. Even if you consider yourself a night owl, if you push it too far yeah. um, and too late, I mean, it, it, the research is so clear on night workers and shift workers, like people who work the third shift overnight, like their health suffers no matter what they do. Yeah, if they yeah. take all the right supplements, if they exercise, if they do things, if you, if you stay up overnight in an oppositional rhythm to the sun and the sun cycle, then you have a higher risk of cancer, high blood pressure, diabetes, et cetera. Oh, so there is a good benefit to getting <laughs> bed at a reasonable time and keeping yeah. your body on the light cycles, but you can stretch okay. it a little bit. And it just yeah. means that if you do make this choice, these other things we're going to talk about nutrition exercise yeah. um, need to be even more dialed in to help like counterbalance things. But the circadian okay. rhythm is the first thing. And I wanted to bring that up okay. because I think a lot of people feel that they need to exercise when they're thinking about being healthier. They're like, man, yeah. I just got to go get into the gym because we were trained to think that way, but it's just not the truth when it comes to performance. Yeah. And, and just to say about that, like, I guess a lot of people are asking themselves as well, are kind of like beating themselves up at this moment um, because they're parents, young parents, like mm-hmm. meaning like the young kids, 
Um, yes. I have a one-year-old. I'm not sleeping well at all. Like in a, yes. for the past year, I haven't, I can say I've not been sleeping well. Mm -hmm. um, and still to this day, like there are periods where it's better, but still like, you know, this past week has been a crazy nightmare for me. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I like sleepless nights and, um, and yeah, like there's, there's a slight limit of how much you can like, so I have this nine to 12 thing because yes. I want to, I want to sleep through the night. I don't want to wake up early if I'm not sleeping good at night because I yes. want to take care Agreed. of my sleep. So yes. I'm like trying to take care of my body and sleep and then work out, uh, you know, later on. Um, yes. but, but there's like, yeah, I guess it's a, it's a very subtle game between like, if you it don't is. sleep well at night, you still got to practice the mental toughness and go exercise sometimes yes. but it's a stressor yes. to the body so you got to be aware of that but not, don't beat yourself up about it because then you'll actually create what you don't want to create you'll manifest like you know yes i don't know yeah so no but okay, okay so this is this is super important to bring up it's like life and health in particular is a dynamic equilibrium it's it's like it's constantly moving i mean the body's yeah. main goal is to maintain homeostasis like balance in core temperature balance in sugar levels like this is what it does and our lives are constantly throwing different variables at us so we have to yeah. learn the art of fluxing with it so yeah. here's a good example if you are in a period where you're not sleeping well whether it's from kids or whether it's from a crazy yeah. work project then doing that super high intensity nervous system taxing workout the next day is not necessarily the thing that you need maybe it's you're doing more aerobic exercise, some kinds of cardiovascular exercise that's a little more um, balancing and, and restorative for your nervous system. You're still getting the circulation and the movement benefits. But if you, on, after a sleepless night, doing a high intensity HIIT workout that's just jacking your heart rate up and down is going to add more stress to the system because ultimately, when people are feeling balanced, particular entrepreneurs, we have balance in the nervous system. The nervous system has two main branches, the sympathetic branch, that fight or flight that really activates us for activity and the parasympathetic, which is that rest, digest, relaxed nervous system. And, and the body's using hormones to flux between these two states. And we always yeah. need to be asking ourselves, at least subtly and checking in, um, where, where is the dominant balance between my nervous system? Ideally for peak performance, you are in parasympathetic, you are in this relaxed kind of flow state and you can tap into the aggressive, big, you know, sympathetic mode when needed, but it's not your default mode. Yeah. And so we need to check in with this. Here's some practical ways you can actually do this. Um, if, if people are a little more data-driven, um, you can start taking your heart rate in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, and take that consistently because there you go, you get aura ring and other yeah. things. You can check your heart rate, your heart rate variability, yeah. um, even sleep scores and peg some data to it. And you'll find mm -hmm. that your heart rate, you wake up and you'll see the readiness yeah. from that aura ring. It'll be like, my heart rate's a little higher yeah. than normal. Um, my heart rate variability is a little lower. This yeah. can inform me that maybe I just need to do a little more yoga or take a walk or do some cardio right. um, and a little more restorative stuff versus the very aggressive yeah. stuff. By the way, can you, can you talk about like those metrics? By the way, how do you measure your um do you have a whoop or do you have an aura or i i do have an aura ring and i okay. used it consistently for very many years but to be completely transparent i've been doing this stuff for so long you know it, it's it's a lot yeah, of it's, it's now become second natural. nature to me and i actually yeah. gifted my aura ring to a friend who's an engineer who like loves his aura ring he okay. wakes up he says my aura ring says i'm ready today i'm like good job <laughs> yeah. john um so I, I think that yeah. I think the data is good to track, especially in the beginning as you're learning your body and you're learning yeah. the feel, and yeah. then you can start to kind of um, auto-regulate things. Right. I want to I move away from movement sure. for a second because yeah. we'll, we'll circle back to it. Okay. One of the most important things to establish this kind of circadian rhythm idea is not just the sleep and light, but it's establishing a meal timing schedule setup. 
Mm. Like we, we all heard the, the story of like, you know, Steve jobs only has black shirts in his, in his, yeah. in his closet yeah. because of decision fatigue. Well, right. it's a real thing. I ideally want to streamline, um, the, the, like I'd say at least three, three quarters of our day as it comes to nutrition, where we have standardized first meal of the day. Let me, let me say this very plainly. I firmly believe that all entrepreneurs should standardize their first meal of the day. It is regimented. It is like the same thing. You know, maybe you have two or three go-to breakfasts, but like you nail that thing down. So many good reasons of why you might want to do this. But one is you don't need to think about it. Two, you make it something healthy and delicious that like gets a lot of good micronutrients into your body. Uh -huh. And three, you have an actual time where you have this, whether you have it first thing in the morning, after exercise, whether you fast and choose to have this first meal at like 11, noon, one, like whatever time that is, it's standardized. You don't need to think about it. And that creates this consistent rhythm in your day. And the fact is like, I think a lot of people are playing around with fasting these days. And it turns out that your body can feel very good and very energized and focused without a lot of food in it. So you don't necessarily have to have food in the morning, but I want all entrepreneurs to standardize their breakfast. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, one of the best things to do is to have some kind of smoothie or shake that you can throw a lot of good stuff in there. You can throw all your micronutrients. You can get vitamins, minerals, proteins, healthy fats, yeah. and it's delicious. It takes five minutes to make. You can still make your kids whatever they have for breakfast, but yeah. you have an anchor ritual every single day. That means no matter what happens for the rest of the day with nutrition, I got the good stuff into my body and I'm yeah. set. So like, think of it like a super, a super breakfast smoothie. It could be eggs and berries. It could be overnight oatmeal. It doesn't have to be a smoothie, but it should be regimented. It's going to help on so many levels. Yeah. Like Jesse Isler has this, like, um, you know, Jesse Isler probably. Yes. Yeah. So like fruit till noon kind of regimen. Yes. Um, yeah, it's, pre it's pretty cool. I mean, I, de I definitely, um, I started by this year, only this year, I started not eating like regular breakfast. I used mm -hmm. to like think I need like, you know, an omelet and stuff and I like, bring like a lot of some, a lot of things yes. into my system in the morning uh, because they sell you all your life that breakfast is the most important <laughs> meal of the day, right? Yeah. Freaking lie. So, yeah, it is um, a lie. So, so that's why I'm like, you know, that, since then I've been eating like, I've been trying to play with like fruits and stuff like different stuff like yes. that. Um, Easy to digest foods. Yeah. Fruit is among the easiest to digest food possible. I mean, right. these are free floating sugars and amino acids. Yeah. Fruit excess your GI tract in like two, three hours, you know? Yeah. So it's like, this is, and this is really the reason why this is very helpful is because your digestive tract and your brain are constantly in a tug of war battle for blood flow. Yeah. So the heart is this pump, right? That's, that's mm -hmm. effectively boom shoots blood through the system. After we have a big meal, the body preferentially shunts blood to the GI tract to start to break this stuff down. That's why after like a big holiday meal, we all feel exhausted and you want to sit down, hold your belly and take a nap. Well, I think a lot of people make the mistake of kind of setting themselves up with these kinds of things every yeah. morning by eating too heavy foods. That's why I'm a huge proponent of smoothies. It's like pre-digested, right? It's right. so easy yeah. to break down. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, or, you know, or, or eating stuff that throws your blood sugar in a tailspin. What you want for stable energy levels is stable blood sugar. Yeah. And that means that you're eating, you know, healthy foods with a mix of healthy fats, some carbohydrates, some proteins. And I think the smoothie really fits the bill, but we're just yeah. skipping breakfast entirely. Um, if you do that though, I think it is important also to like really prioritize good hydration in the morning, right. like get a lot yeah. of good water. in. Yeah. I mean, we're all our fit fathers and fit mother, mom, mothers in our program. They're getting like 20 to 32 ounces within the first hour of waking up because mm -hmm. the body needs hydration. Yeah. You've been dehydrated all night and, and that's what the body really needs. Definitely. And I, I, I try to, um, also my brother is a sports nutritionist. Mm -hmm. So, um, he, 
he told me like definitely get your drink on and also it's okay to drink coffee in the morning that's another yes. thing i i thought was unhealthy but he told me yeah it's definitely okay to drink black coffee in the morning it just you know um kind of helps with the acids your stomach needs or something like that i agree with him coffee can be totally fine or tea in a morning routine there's benefits to caffeine for sure what needs to be looked at with all stimulants is is your body in a state where it's reliant on these things to feel mm -hmm. functional and and that often happens to people with coffee and caffeine over time mm -hmm. it's just like it becomes thing where your body does not have the feeling of, of energy without it I like to say that it's, I, there's going to be periods of time where you will be on the coffee, right? You know, yeah. you just, you get into a, a cycle where you need coffee, but rhythmically throughout the year, I think it's good for people to take tolerance breaks off these things mm. to reset the nervous system. And you, you want to time these yes. things during times yeah. when you can. Um, and, and cool. I really do believe that's good for overall health because it's balancing your nervous system. If yeah. you're constantly have the gas pedal down, um, eventually you pay for that later. Yeah. How, by the way, how long do you need a break from coffee? Like how long is it like? It's different for everyone. I would say a solid week, a week, okay. a week plus is, is like, is a good thing to have a tolerance break. And the withdrawals are real headaches, low energy, flu like yeah. symptoms for a couple of days. Like that can happen <laughs> for me. It's typically like a three day thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but the cool thing is if you get to a point after you do like a reset from stimulants, you can introduce them a couple times a week and in, in not necessarily get back into the full blown. I absolutely rely on this stuff, but yeah. I will say this too. There are people who drink coffee three, four cups a day for their entire lives, you can have health. It's just often at the expense of some, some the, of the restorative things. And I do believe these, these breaks um, from eating are, are important. So to get back to the structure, like standardize your first meal of the day, easy. Whenever that comes in, get that thing done. Another thing that's important is to, to get out of the habit of snacking. Um, in the, in the nineties, there was a lot of nutrition advice that you should eat lots of small meals throughout the day. Like you want to stoke the metabolic fire by eating six small meals a day. turns out that's actually pretty poor nutrition advice as well. Okay. What you want to do is have stable blood sugar and your body does very good by having a healthy meal and then having a period of digestion where you're not introducing more stuff into the system. Yeah. Every time you introduce more food into the system, the pancreas and the digestive enzymes must react and respond with insulin and digestive enzymes. And you're creating like a, a disequilibrium in the system. Ideally, you get a, a, a proper a proper meal and you have maybe four hours until you have the next one. Yeah. So this kind of begs like, when is your next meal? Well, it depends on when you had the first one, but maybe let's just say we, for example, we had the breakfast, let's say around 8 a.m., Yep. Um, lunch sometime around noon or one, what do you eat? Well, I think practically to standard, I think it's a good idea to standardize lunch too. Not that it has to be the exact same meal of the day. Mm -hmm. I'll be a little more militant and say breakfast really does help or at least your first meal to be regimented. But yeah. if you try to get some kind of greens with some kind of protein on it, I think that's a very robust routine because no matter where you're traveling in the world, even if you go to like McDonald's in Hong Kong, you can probably find a salad with some protein on it. So yeah. if you, if you're looking for greens and protein, you're going to be having a healthy lunch, but there's, there's so many other things you could have. But I, I think the idea is I'm, I'm trying to establish is you have a shake, then you have some kind of salad in lunch. And at the very least, you know, you're getting greens for the fiber and the micronutrients. It seems like a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. I'm, I'm having a lot of lunches broccoli and in the oven is that also yep. considered greens yes totally i mean yeah. the idea and, is uh, you're and you pairing that with a protein as well yeah i'm, I'm yeah but, so basically because my kids they love schnitzels i just yes. make schnitzels so there you go i know it's, it's fried i know like so the oil is not it's lightly healthy. fried yes yeah lightly fr fried and uh but i know also that 
the cover of the schnitzel, like the um, yes, right, the casing, uh, yes, the crumbs, yeah. So basically, that's the um, what is it? It's it's also it's like something you need in your meal or something, um, right? It's the carbs or something like that. Well, so you're getting you're getting protein, healthy fats from the schnitzel on, on with with the the greens from the broccoli and the fiber. So yeah. the idea here is not that it has to be a salad, but half your plate should be of green things mm-hmm. and half your plate should be of some kind of protein and healthy fat containing cool. things. Okay. And that's, yeah. what's going to keep your blood sugar stable in the afternoon, where I think a lot of people get in trouble. They, they eat like too heavy in the afternoon, or they eat things that are sh- throwing their blood sugar in a tailspin. But if you're yeah. having healthy fats and fiber and protein, your blood sugar stays super stable from that first meal all the way on. And, and this is consistency. And I believe that for entrepreneurs, yeah. if we start to sync this architecture of your meal structure with your work blocks, you can be super consistent. And then guess what? We have kids. And then at dinner, you have more variety. It's not like dinner is like planned to a T. You're going to have this dinner is variable. Maybe sometimes it's takeout. Maybe sometimes it's cook in, but as long as you really regimented those first one to two meals of the day, you've just, and we span that out a week. That's two thirds of your decision points that are nailed healthy meals. Now you have variety for dinner. We need to balance consistency with variety. These two forces are huge as it comes to our long-term adherence. So many people make the mistake of being way too rigid. And so many make, so many people make the mistake of being way too like laissez-faire without any structure. You need the balance of these things. And this is what I figured out to be a good balance for entrepreneurs. Next question then (laughs) Mm -hmm. the, the dinner part. So Mm -hmm. I know, I know about myself. I, because I'm an entrepreneur, I have tons of calls during the days. Mm-hmm. Um, I have days where I eat at like 10 p.m., sometimes even 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes just like an hour or half an hour before I, mm-hmm. well, it's never half an hour. It's kind of like an hour before I get to go to sleep. Um, how bad is that long-term? Um, I would say it's, I would use the word suboptimal. Um, with the circadian rhythm, the body does not want to be overloaded with food late at night for a couple of reasons. Right. One, naturally our bodies as the sun goes down, we start to lower the core temperature a little bit. Like the, the temperature of the body goes down and we like to sleep with, with lower temperature because for the body, heat means metabolic activity. It means activity. Like the, the, the temperature is hotter. We get a fever because the immune system's going crazy. Right. That is heat generated in the body. Well, food generates heat in the body. We've all had a, like a big meal and afterwards we're like hotter and you feel a little like sweatier. Mm-hmm. This is, this introduces that kind of effect into the body late at night before you're going to bed. And, and I will say this is, is, is too much food on the, in the stomach before you go to bed can also impact the restfulness and depth of your sleep. Um, and can actually lead to more dreaming and stuff like this, which, you know, that that's a whole rabbit hole. We can, we can go down as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I, I would say, look, sometimes there will be late dinners and that's okay. However, the ideal situation is you have dinner, uh, uh let's say, you know, three, four hours before you go to bed. And then you maybe, maybe more, maybe five hours and you stop eating after dinner and you introduce a fasting period. Got it. So we want to have feeding and fasting, and this is a balance, a yin and a yang that the bodies do really well on. And I think the easiest way to get a fast in is just to start it after your last meal of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just, you know, maybe you had the dinner a little earlier and then you fast until your first meal the next day, whatever that is now having, and, and so going to bed on an empty stomach is actually good for your health. I'm not saying you yeah. need this all the time, but it, there are a lot of health benefits to that. Yeah. In the evening, what I like to do is a little bit of a ritual. 
and I keep this in my office. I have a, like, I don't know if you can see, I have a little water kettle over here yeah. and I have a box of teas. I'm constantly turning that thing on and yeah. making different teas throughout the day because they're beneficial. Green tea can certainly help you focus. Mm -hmm. In the evening, I have like a wind down tea that has some chamomile lavender and it tastes nice and I'm not mm -hmm. getting food in my system. And it helps me kind of like creates a, an anchor mm -hmm. through this nice little drink that helps uh, relax and unwind me into the evening. So I, nice. I think that's a, that's a good strategy. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I need to get it. <laughs> I need to get that, uh, that spot of like, how about this? What about shake too? If you're having a really late night and maybe you're doing lots of interviews, um, you could do a more of a liquid or lighter meal at night. You just don't have to have like a, like a bunch of animal protein, um, and fiber. Like that's harder. It's harder to digest like a steak and asparagus than it is to have a shake at night. Yeah. So I mean, I have could a salad, do a, that's what a salad or so, a salad or something lighter before you yeah. go to bed. Eat good too. If you don't have, if believe it or not, if you don't have actually food in your system, if you're more empty stomach, fruit is great. Fruit yeah. is really great on an empty stomach. That's why Jesse Isler talks about this. Uh, it's because the body digests fruit really well on empty stomach does not digest fruit. Well, when there's a lot of food in the system, cause it's right. so fast digesting. Um, so many yeah, options, okay. but I would say if you're going to yeah. eat late at night, eat, eat light. Yeah, definitely. Okay, great. Um, okay. Sounds good. So, um, we're about to wrap up. We have about mm -hmm. just uh, a few more minutes. Um, what are the things that we would want to talk about in these last like three minutes of the show? Mm -hmm. Well, exercise, I, I'd okay. say, I'd say exercise. Yeah. One, one thing I want to say is for entrepreneurs, daily movement is more important than formal exercise. Um, like I'm a guy who, who literally built a business selling like exercise programs. And I have like hundreds of videos on YouTube of different workouts, mm -hmm. but what I have come found to be true, uh, is that it's just important that you accumulate movement and you don't, and you break up periods of prolonged sitting. So I think like a morning walk is a really good thing. Gives yeah. you time to breathe through your nose, set your nervous system balance, get some sun on your skin. Um, and right. if you can accumulate multiple walks throughout the day, or even these little like micro workouts where you're just, maybe you do 20, yeah. 20 squats every 20, every, every few hours, uh -huh. you can accumulate so much more activity and it doesn't have to be like a formal right. gym session where you carved it out. That being said, there's so many benefits to regimented formal exercise that you set on your calendar. And mm -hmm. if you're someone who wants to be optimal, I'd say on Sunday, or whatever, when you're planning your week, you, you do a couple formal workout sessions and they're in your calendar. They're like meetings and you know exactly what you're going to do. You yeah. can do them at home or at the gym, but more important is just walking and movement. Yeah. The two best times to walk are one in the morning because it actually helps move lymphatic fluid and circulation in the morning, which helps you feel more energized and you get to breathe fresh air. Mm -hmm. And actually after dinner, after your big meal is the second mm -hmm. best time to walk because there's a lot of research showing that when you walk after dinner, it actually helps all those nutrients absorb. Um, and it actually activates a lot of these carb receptors in your big muscles, like your glutes and your quads and mm -hmm. sucks up some of that blood sugar and, and keeps things stable. So cool. like, walking like is, is like more important. But then if you are to exercise, like schedule that stuff in, and it's not about what you do. It's about one, that you find something you love and two, that it's like consistent. And I yeah. think the love thing is, is there, it's like, you should enjoy the kinds of workouts you do. Right. And if you need a lot of consistency, like sign up for classes, do some group fitness or like yeah. join a formalized program like ours, where you know exactly what to do with a pair of dumbbells or kettlebells in your garage. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and, um, by the way, one thing that I implemented, like, mm -hmm. is like, because there's so many Zoom sessions, people think like you have to be on Zoom and be face to face, but sometimes mm -hmm. it's just good to take your phone and say, Hey, is it okay? Like if we do this call over the phone or yeah. Zoom without video, and we just walk and, and yeah. that, you know, like a lot of my exercises nice. have been that way. So, um, 
It's just during the day. You get steps in. Yeah, you get sunlight, everything good. So Totally. And time outside is uniquely beneficial for like balancing the nervous system and bringing you into a more relaxed mode. They have research. A lot of it's out of Japan, actually. They call it like forest bathing or like mm-hmm. nature walks. And they've shown that when people basically walk outside in nature and they, you hear the sounds and, and you see the green that it totally yeah. increases heart rate variability, you know, lowers yeah. your sympathetic tone, yeah. lowers blood pressure, improves mood, your body activates its own internal pharmacy of all these happy neurotransmitters. So like Amazing. nature is powerful. And I think the more yeah. time you spend on screens, everyone in the digital age, the more time you need to be intentional about balancing that with outside right. time. And if you can make that outside time combined with your movement and your activity, man, you're just hitting, that's just like a really high leverage thing to do. Like that right. walk becomes something that's a lot more powerful than just like taking a walk. It's restorative. Right. right. I love that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we got to wrap it up right now. I have mm-hmm. a hard cut, but, um, this has been amazing. Anthony, this has been really, really super beneficial i think i actually would love to bring you up again because there's okay. so much to discuss so yeah, we'll do like do a it. part two um sometime it's okay with you and yeah, um, and so anybody wants to find you they can find you at the fitfatherproject.com right yep yep fitfatherproject.com or fitmotherproject.com okay and another good place to check out is our youtube channel just type in fitfatherproject mm. or fitmotherproject we have like 700 okay. videos on there lots if you want to hear me talk awesome. that's a place to go so the awesome. website's fitfatherproject yeah. fitmotherproject and thanks Aji. i'd love to come back yeah definitely brother all right thank you so much for this have an amazing rest of your day you too cheers all right cheers <laughs>